This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by HVAC Trustbooks. Go to HVAC Trustbooks to discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. This podcast and the next podcast talk about stupid things contractors do in slower times of the year. Now, I'm not suggesting that you're doing any of these things. I'm trying to help you avoid doing these stupid things. And and being aware of them actually helps you not do them. So in this podcast, I'm going to give you the first four. And next podcast, I'm going to give you the other five. So let's get started. And again, this is things that happen in slower times of the year. Number one, it's paying overtime to office personnel, all right? Look, if you, if you really want to know what employees do, they think you're made of money. So you have all the money in the world and you can pay them for whatever they do. You know, they're going to ex- expand the time it takes to do their jobs in slower times. Because think about it, when it's busier, they get the same amount of work done, probably with the same amount of overtime, if not a little less. Um, and, and that's the bizarre piece of it, because we don't think about that. They have a tendency to expand their work to fill their days. So they want to get 40 hours or more of work to do. And, you know, think about it. In busier times, they got used to the overtime hours and the overtime dollars, and they want to continue that that cash coming in. So but think about it. In slower times, less billing, less phone calls, and less work needed to support the field personnel. They will slow down. Unfortunately, they'll surf the internet, they'll play games, and they'll do other non-work-related activities that you get to pay for. <laughs> in addition, I shouldn't be laughing, but I, I mean, I see this all the time. In, in addition to getting their real work done, they'll stretch the time and that it takes to do the same amount of work that they get done in the busier times of the year. Um, <clears throat> when the last slowdown, and, and the reason I really started watching this, in the, when it, we had our last, quote unquote, before COVID, but 2008, 2007, 2009 timeframe, uh, one of the contractors I was I knew at the time I wasn't working with him, actually cut every employee's hours from 40 or every office employee's hours from 40 hours to 30 hours a week. They got the same amount of work done in 30 hours than they were charging the company 40 hours for. It was like, oh, my gosh, you know, I have been paying 10 extra hours a week for a really, really long time. And it kind of made him realize, you know, what really and truly the employees do. Now, you know, in this day and age, it's really hard sometimes because we, as employers, pay for a certain amount of time for our employees to do personal stuff, whether it's taking personal phone calls or whether it is them surfing the Internet, going to find their favorite shopping place, um, watching YouTube getting their Facebook feeds, you know, whatever it is, we as employers pay for it. The best thing you can do is to overtly say, look, I know you're going to be on the internet. I know you're going to be surfing. I know you're going to be watching YouTube. I know you're going to be taking personal phone calls. Do not let it affect your job and affect your work. And as long as it's out in the open and you acknowledge that this is going to happen, 
You'll get less frustrated when it does happen, number one, but keep it to a minimum and you know you can have that conversation about keeping it to a minimum. All right. So number one, a stupid thing is paying office personnel overtime when it's slower. You may need to do it when it's busier, but you definitely don't need to do it when it's slower. All right. Number two, along the same lines, paying overtime to field personnel. All right, come on. This is a slower time of year. Give me a break. There's not overtime needed. All right. Maybe the exception is a technician who's on call. Maybe. But they're probably not getting many on-call calls because it's not hot. It's not cold. We didn't have a freezing situation where pipes broke or something along those lines. I mean, come on, let's be real. There's usually not a whole lot of on-call calls in slower times of the year. I mean, plumbing, obviously, if we have a huge ice freeze and and pipes break, of course, you're going to be busy. But, you know, as a rule, on slower times of the year, it's not that busy. There should be no overtime. Um, There's no way that field personnel should not i.e. they should be able to get their work done in a regular eight-hour day. And overtime really should not be necessary. Um, The thing that you have to watch and the thing that you have to pay attention to is that they don't stretch their work because they get a sense of, okay, I don't have that much work to do today. I'm going to take longer to do each call. And you watch them stretch a call that should take an hour, it takes an hour and a half, You just watch them do it. And this is a dispatcher's responsibility. Or if you don't have a dispatcher, guess what? It's your responsibility. You have to watch the calls. You have to watch that they don't take extra time on their jobs. Um, If you have maintenance calls that are commercial in nature, you need to say, okay, you have four hours to do this call. That's all that's in the, the bid. I expect to hear from you in four hours that you're done because I'm going to give you another call. Um, so that the expectation is that they are only working X period of time on a specific task. I, you know, I've seen, which really makes me uncomfortable because it's not something that you're doing to take care of the customer in the long term. I've seen in busier times where technicians run through, rush through maintenance and they're only at a customer's house 20 minutes, which is insane because the customer if they see one of your techs there for 20 minutes and then the next time they see a tech there for an hour, they know that that tech who was there for 20 minutes wasn't doing his job or her job. And as a result, they're not going to be real happy about renewing your maintenance agreements. Maintenance agreements need to take a specific amount of time, whether it's busy or whether it's slow. And if it's slow, you know, the customers love the extra attention, but you're Bottom line, if your maintenance agreement doesn't love the extra attention (laughs) that that it's being given. So, you know, remind the service technicians that it is slower time in the year. The only time that we're going to have overtime is if I approve, if you're the service manager, the owner, I approve overtime hours. Um, And maybe your on-call tech will have some overtime. So stupid things, paying overtime to office personnel and paying overtime to field personnel. Many company owners basically say there is no overtime between whatever time period is that's your slower time of year unless it's authorized in advance. And that solves those two stupid issues. When we get back from break, I'll give you two more. 
Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. We'll be right back. Do you ever have warranty leak issues? One of Ruth King's clients did about four years ago. Thousands of dollars in expense and unhappy customers. She solved this problem for him, though. How? With a leak letter that every customer must sign when a service technician discovers a refrigerant leak. Once they implemented the letter, there were no more warranty leak headaches. No warranty leak callbacks. Happier customers. The surprising result was more replacement sales, too. To get a copy of the leak letter for free, just send Ruth an email at ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. That's ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. You can't. That's what my daughter Kate told me when I said I wanted to make financials fun. The gauntlet was laid down. The red blanket was waved in front of the bowl. Ronin the Rubber Duck was born. This ebook is a whimsical look at financials from a duck's perspective. To get this fun, easy to read Kindle book, go to Amazon and search for Ronin the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. That's R O N A N, the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. Let me know if I made financials fun for you. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Before the break, I started talking about stupid things contractors do in slower times of the year. Now, I know none of you are going to do this because I brought it out in the open. The fact that most of you don't even think about this, or not most of you, but some of you don't think about this, means that your guys are doing it. Your office personnel are doing it. So once you start paying attention, guess what? Things tighten up. Things get done. You know, I mentioned before the break, no overtime either for field or for office personnel, which were the first two. And once you establish that policy for certain times of the year without authorization, of course, I mean, there might be something crazy that happens, um, like probably late, either early, you know, sometime in the 90s, Tampa had a 26-degree day the day after th- after Christmas. Do you think it wasn't an emergency? Absolutely was. You know, who thinks Tampa, Florida, is going to have 26-degree weather? Nobody. All right. But they did. And it was something that, quote unquote, usually is a very slow week, the week between Christmas and New Year's. Was there overtime that week? You bet. Because a lot of the work in that area is all heat pumps. And guess what happens to the heat pumps? Everybody thought that their air conditioners were on fire because the reversing valve was working properly. But anyway... So they wanted everybody to come check their systems. A lot of the maintenance agreement customers did that, and you did it. So it was an example of a time period where overtime in a normally slower time of year was actually required and necessary. But as a general rule, it's not, all right? So number three is to tell the technicians how many calls they have each day. So in slower times of year, if they know they have two calls that day and nothing else is likely to come in, Guess what? Those two calls will take four hours each or three to four hours each. They will stretch their time. So what I suggest that dispatchers do is when the technicians say, well, how many calls do I have today? The answer is enough. Well, how many is enough? Enough. Go to work. You know, it's like (laughs) dispatchers don't have to answer the question with a number. They can answer the question with enough. And the first time they ask and and try asking again, they'll get the message pretty quickly that you have enough work to do. Just go and get your work done. All right. So even though they have a sense that it might be slower, 
they're going to get their work done and they won't stretch two calls into four hours each. They don't know what else is coming up. And by the way, it is the dispatcher's responsibility to keep work going for the service technicians. And part of this is through making sure that you have tickler files where the technicians have um, suggested work where the customer have said, now I'm not going to do it now. And those tickler files now pretty much are kept electronically um, in an opportunity file or something like that. Service Titan uses opportunity files, ESC. You just put it on the left-hand side of the dispatch board. But you can see all of the work that could be done, and it's the dispatcher's responsibility to get that work for the service technicians so that you can keep them busy even in slower times of the year. Okay. All right, so that's number three. And number four is do not tell the technicians how much time they have to complete maintenance checks and warranty calls. You know, it's kind of like how many calls do I have today? But the same thing with maintenance and the same thing with warranty calls. Warranty calls are expensive any time of year. Think about it. You, You know, you'll never get the amount of money out of your warranty calls that you actually expend doing the warranty work. So... You know, if it's a commercial maintenance on a roof, you know, on a roof and there's 20 units on the roof, you tell the tech how much time he has to do all the units on that roof. It may be a week and that's fine. At least he can kind of gauge, you know, if there's 20 units and he has five days to do it, he can only do four a day. Now, is that reasonable or not reasonable? You might tell him he has a day and a half. It might be more reasonable in a day and a half. It just kind of depends upon what's getting done. But let every all your technicians know how much time they have to do specific tasks. And as a result, you can track it and they'll know that you're watching it and probably get it done in the amount of time that it is there. Or and not there specifically, but the amount of time that's been estimated so that the customer is paid for X number of hours or parts of hours to be able to do the work that they've got. All right. Now, let's talk about warranty calls for a second because, you know, it's slower. The warranty calls will have a tendency to get stretched. If it's busy, you're still going to have to do the warranty calls. The key is to have a specific amount of time because that's what you are getting paid for. So if you're getting paid, you know, X number of hours to replace a motor, Make sure the service technician gets it done in that X number of hours. Most warranty companies give you a time to complete each of the tasks. So you have to make sure or your dispatcher has to make sure that each um, person who is working on that particular warranty call takes that amount of time or less. Sometimes it's less to get that work done and that repair done in that amount of time. All right. Now. The other thing with warranty calls is make sure that if the supplier wants the parts back or you have to return the parts to get credit for the part, it gets done. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I walk into contractors' offices and I see warranty parts laying all over the place and nobody has spent the time, effort, and energy that it took that it takes to get those warranty parts back. You know, you'll lose tens of thousands of dollars by not returning warranty parts. And that's a huge hit to your bottom line. If it's slower time like it is now, there's no excuse that somebody who you make responsible for warranty parts doesn't return all the warranty reports for credits. So make sure that 
warranty calls are done, whether it's busy or whether it's slow, and the amount of time that's been allocated for that particular warranty call by the warranty company and make sure that you get those parts back so that you get your credits. Okay, so those are the first four stupid things that contractors do in slower times of the year. Number one is paying overtime to office employees. Nah, we don't want to do that. Number two is paying overtime to field personnel, unless something crazy happens like a 26-degree day in Tampa the day after Christmas. Or, you know, perhaps a technician on call might get a few hours of overtime. But that's it. Nobody else should. Um, Number three is telling the technicians how many calls they have each day. And number four is please, 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 whether it's warranty or or whether it's maintenance, you got to tell the techs how much time they have to complete either warranty or maintenance tasks. Otherwise, it will go over and it's not exactly a good thing for your bottom line. So thank you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money, too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.